Greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and thank you for listening to Guerrilla Christianity, an unconventional, no-apologies exposition of God's grace. I'm Pastor Brett Walker. On this first Sunday of the Lenten season, we ask the question, why does God make us wait for things He's going to give us? After all, He promised the coming Messiah through His prophets, and then made the people of Israel wait over 700 years. In today's lesson, we get a better understanding of what it means to be in the fullness of time, and how God's timing, while seemingly long to us, is perfect for God's purpose. So grab your Bible, turn it to Mark chapter 1, and prepare your heart and mind as we hear the good news, the time is fulfilled. And now uh, either take out, uh, take out your Bibles, either the ones in the pews or the ones in, uh, that you brought with you, and turn in them with me to the book of Mark chapter 1. Uh, just seems like we're going to be in chapter 1 of Mark for a long time. We're actually going to go back and cover some uh, scripture that we've already covered this year, but it's very appropriate to the Lenten season because of the message of repentance. Uh, The season of Lent is upon us. And as we come to Lent, there are a few seasons in the church calendar year that have specific meaning. Obviously, Advent is a time, a season of preparation for the coming of Jesus. Lent is a time of repentance and fasting. Um, Lent is 40 days, minus the Sundays of Lent. The Sundays of Lent, we don't count them as part of Lent because every Sunday is like a, a mini Easter, if you will. Every Sunday we celebrate the risen Christ. And so we don't count the Sundays in Lent. That's why there are 40 days in Lent from Ash Wednesday until Easter Sunday. uh, Not counting the Sundays. Now the good news for that is if, uh, if you decided to give up chocolate for Lent, that means you can have chocolate today. Uh, (laughs) That's the good news for me. And... uh, (laughs) But 40 days, it's a tenth of the year. If you think about it, and there's 365 days of the year, there's 40 days in Lent, it's a tenth of the year. It's a tithe of our time. Tithe being the old English word, which means a tenth. We, we offer up to God a tenth of everything that He gives to us. And so we offer up to Him a tenth of our time for the Lenten season. So... With that in mind, let us uh, hear the word of the Lord for us this morning. Beginning at verse 9, Mark chapter 1. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in the Jordan. And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw heavens opened and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness forty days, tempted of Satan, and was with the wild beasts, and the angels ministered unto him. Now after that John was put into prison, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye, and believe the gospel." May God pour out His rich blessing upon this, the reading of His holy word. 
Let us pray. Almighty God, in you are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Open our eyes that we may see the wonders of your word and give us grace that we may clearly understand and freely choose the way of your wisdom. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Often the question arises, why does God seemingly not answer our prayers? Or, why does God make us wait? In the very beginning of our marriage, Aaron and I tried to have children, and we had great difficulty in having children. We, didn't, we weren't able to have children. And it, and it made me ask, why? Why, especially since my first marriage, which was doomed to failure, we had children very easily. In fact, my, my daughter was born a scant nine months after our wedding night. We had children very early and very easily. But Aaron and I, we struggled. We tried to have children and couldn't for the longest time. And we kept asking God, why? Why, why can't we have children? Is there something we're doing wrong? Are we not meant to have children? And if so, then why? But we weren't really listening to the response. God was just saying, not right now. Not right now. Sometimes God's response to our prayer is just that. Not right now. He has a better time for us. And in fact, when Isaac was born, it was a much better time for us. Because I was being appointed to this church. We were going to be moving to a new area. We were looking at raising him in a a very loving community, a a community where where children are raised uh, very well. You know, I mean, this is a, a good community with a good school system. And so it looks like it was just the right time for us. So what is the fullness of time? What does that mean, the fullness of time? We're going to look at that as we look at this scripture. In the beginning of our reading, it says, It came to pass in those days that Jesus went, came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in the Jordan. We read this account before. Uh, he went from Galilee, which is in the northern part of uh, the area above north of Samaria, which was north of Uh, Judea. And so he went from Galilee down to Perea. Perea was the area on the eastern bank of the Jordan where John did his ministry. It was about 25 miles north and east of Jerusalem. And where all the converts to Judaism were supposed to be baptized in Jerusalem. And there were all these places where they could go called mikvah. The mikvah was a a place where they would go down and they would dip themselves in the water and they would come out and they would be ceremonially clean. And here was John baptizing people in this dirty, muddy river, the Jordan. And so what he was saying was it wasn't about the cleanness of the water, but it's about the cleanness of our hearts That's what matters. 
Why did Jesus have to be baptized anyway? You know, John preached the baptism of repentance. What in the world would Jesus, the Son of God, the perfect, the only perfect man who ever walked the face of the earth, what would he have to repent for? Well, he was going to take on the sins of all the world. And maybe that's what he was repenting for. But he went and he observed the religious convention of the day. He said in the book of Matthew, he said, it is well that we observe this now. So we will uh, observe it now and, you know, he will he'll, he'll be baptized and he will see what he sees. And that, what did he see? Straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opened, the spirit like a dove descending on him. It was the spirit of God coming down on Jesus to proclaim his divinity. And if there was any mistake, there was a voice from heaven that said, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Declaring Jesus Christ to be the Son of God, to be God incarnate. Now verse 12 says, Immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days, tempted of Satan, and was with the wild beasts, and the angels ministered unto him. It is a terrible mistake. And unfortunately, in the church today, there is this pervasive message that once you come to Christ, everything in your life will be great. That nothing bad will ever happen to you. And if anything bad happens to you, it's because you're not close enough to God. It's somehow your fault that things are happening to you. That is a terrible lie. Just because we are close to God doesn't mean that bad things will never happen to us. In fact, I've found it to be the exact opposite. The closer I get to God, the more things happen to me to try and draw me away from Him. Because the evil one doesn't want us to be close to God. He wants to distract us. He wants to pull us away from God. So in times of trial, in times of trouble, we need to be as close to God as possible. I can tell you many examples of of this happening in my life. As a pastor, I will tell you that I come under direct attack over and over and over again. And let me tell you, spiritual warfare is a very real thing. Here is Jesus, just baptized, and what happened? He's driven into the wilderness to be tempted of Satan for 40 days. That doesn't sound like a great time. Earlier this year, I I partook in my annual 21-day fast. And in the weeks leading up to the fast, all these things started happening. That it was like something was trying to distract me from the fast. And every time something would happen, I would go, ah, the heck with the fast. I'm not going to do it, you know. But then I did it. You know, first, uh, somebody crashed into my car, ripped off the mirror, and then drove away. I'm like, you know, what's that all about? You know? And then uh, I came here uh, from Ebenezer one Sunday, and the place was packed, and I said, this is great. So I parked my car a little farther up the street, and the neighbor across the street backed his truck into my car, broke the taillight, you know, and then drove away. And then I said, you know what? I've, I've seen this before. You know, when I, was, uh, when I went on the walk to Emmaus in the weeks leading up, there were all these little things. I had a blown tire. It always seems to be my car, by the way. 
you know, my car wouldn't start, and all these little things, and these little nitpicking things that would just try and draw me away from God and make me go, well, I can't go to the walk to Emmaus because my car just broke down and, you know, all this stuff. I can't do the fast because I'm, I'm just distracted. I'm not really in it, but I did it anyway. I did it anyway because I'm not going to allow those things to get in between me and my relationship with God. And so I'm just trying to say that bad things happen. Sometimes when we get closer to God, you'll notice that more and more things will try to draw us away from Him. But those are the times when we need to cling to that relationship with God and rely on our church families and be together in community because together we're stronger than we are when we're alone. Okay, enough about that. I, don't, I didn't really mean to preach on that this morning. I had no preparation. It's not even in my notes. But, you know, sometimes the Holy Spirit will just grab a hold of me and say, no, this is what you're supposed to talk about today, and that's fine. Uh, okay, so verse 14. Now, after John was put into prison, there's another person who uh, bad things happened to who was doing God's work. You know, the, the, the prophets, almost nothing good ever happened to the prophets. The prophets, they were stoned. Uh, Isaiah was sawn in half. Ugh. You know? Uh, and so the prophets were often prosecuted or persecuted because they spoke the word of God. Because they spoke the word of God with conviction and strength and courage. And they didn't care if the people liked it or not, but they were saying they were being faithful to what God was telling them. So John was thrown into prison for this very reason, because he told Herod that he wasn't supposed to be married to his dead brother's wife, which is true. Um, He says, uh, after John was put into prison, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Now this is what I really wanted to focus on this morning, is this message that he gives us. The time is fulfilled. That's the, the title of the message this morning. The time is fulfilled. And what does it mean to be in the fullness of time? Why did the people in Jesus' time Why did Jesus come at that time? You know, why didn't he come while the ink was still wet when when Malachi wrote his prophecy? Malachi was the last of the prophetic writers of the Old Testament. He wrote 450 years before Jesus was born. Imagine that. People had to wait 450 years I don't know about you, but I hate, I hate waiting from October to February for Walking Dead to come back, you know? <laughs> but they had to wait 450 years. And we've been waiting 2,000 years for him to return, you know? Uh, when Isaiah wrote the words, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He wrote those words 700 years before Jesus was born. 
Whole generations of people were born, lived their whole lives, and died waiting for that prophecy to come true. Why? Why did God make his people wait so long? Because God's time is not our time. Because we think we know when things should happen. You know, God, I need patience and I need it right now. You know, that's not how God works. God operates under the fullness of time. And so what was going on in Jesus' world that made that time so perfect? Well, for the past 700 years, Israel had been conquered by Babylon. And then Babylon was conquered by the Persians. And then Persia was conquered by the Greeks. And then the Jews fought back and retook Jerusalem and then had it taken from them again. And now... They were under the authority of Rome. Under the authority of Rome. What is it that Rome liked to do? They loved to build. And what did they like to build? Roads. They built roads, paved roads, that linked every single city in the Roman Empire. Roads. There was something else that went on during this time too. During the time of Jesus, there was a great upheaval in intellectual learning that came from the Greeks. And all the writings of, of learning and the, and the language of the people was Greek. Even though Rome was in charge, and their language was Latin. The language of the people and the language of learning at that time was Greek. And so all of the New Testament was written in Greek in the language of the people, the language that people would understand. So you had two things going on there. You had Rome, which had built roads, and you had the the Greek language that was Throughout all the world, everybody knew Greek. Well, guess what? When Jesus died and rose again, it was a very short time before the news of that went throughout the entire world. The whole world. Everybody knew about Jesus Christ within one generation because of the roads, because of the language, the fullness of time. God was waiting for just the right moment, the perfect moment to send his son. I find it interesting that in in Peter's reading today, we read about how the baptism is a symbol of the flood of Noah. You know, before Noah was born, Noah's grandfather was Methuselah. You know who Methuselah was, right? Everybody knows Methuselah. He lived how long? 969 years. Wow. He about bankrupted uh, Social Security, you know. (laughs) But he lived for 969 years. Do you know when he died? He died seven days before the flood. 
Methuselah was the son of Enoch. And Enoch named his son Methuselah, which means at his death, then judgment. That's what Methuselah's name meant. Enoch prophetically named his child at his death, then judgment. And when he died, seven days later, there came the flood and judgment for all the world. Enoch knew about that. 960 years, 969 years had to go by. Enoch didn't even see it in his time. Lamech, who was the father of Noah and the son of Methuselah, died years, about 10 years before the flood, so he didn't even see it. It's the fullness of time. It happened at exactly the right time for God and for all of us. God's time isn't like our time. So here we are now in the fullness of God's time. And sometimes we pray and it seems like God isn't answering our prayers. He's simply saying, not now, but soon. God's time isn't like our time. Peter tells us that to God, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. We who live and work and play in time as a straight line cannot comprehend all the ways of God. But everything God does has a purpose and a time. As Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. So you are here today because God ordained it long ago. You came to this place to hear these words and to know that Jesus Christ died for you and your sins. Your name was upon his lips as he hung on that cross. That's how much God loves you. During this season of Lent, let us reflect upon all that God has done and is doing. Let us repent of our sin and believe in the good news of Jesus, the cross, and the empty tomb. Let us pray. O great God Almighty, your ways are not like our ways, and we stand in awe of the mystery of your Son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life willingly for us. Like Isaac, he bore the wood of his sacrifice up the hill of Calvary, and he stretched out his arms to receive the nails. In this season of Lent, Lord, speak to our hearts. Fill us with the joy of knowing we have been saved through your Son, Fill us with the love you have for us so that we may take that love into the world, a world darkened by sin, a world in so desperate need of your love and peace. All this we pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Lord, our friend. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. If you live in the Salem County area, you can join us in person. Ebenezer United Methodist Church in Auburn holds its worship service every Sunday at 9 a.m. And Hudson United Methodist Church in Pettertown holds its worship service at 10.30. We also have Bible study during the week. 
We are now in the Lenten season, and we have some exciting worship opportunities we'd like to share with you. Every Wednesday night during Lent, we will be participating in the Community Lenten series at Union Presbyterian Church in Carney's Point. Each Wednesday, we will gather for soup and fellowship at 6 p.m., then at 7 p.m., we will have a short devotional based on the Psalms. And be sure to join us March 15th during our regular service as Amor Olson of Jews for Jesus presents Christ in the Passover. To see the Passover Seder presented in this way gives us fresh insight into our own tradition of Holy Communion. It promises to be an edifying and uplifting time, so come on out and join us. And if our message today has touched you in some way, won't you let us know in the comments? We hope you'll join us again for Guerrilla Christianity. God bless you.